You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, French fries will continue to be French fries unless they're made out of rich people. Then they will truly be freedom fries. This is Melanie. And in the future, starving artists will starve because... AI will be better at painting and writing and all the other arts. So people will buy that instead. This is Jesse. In the future, podcasters will have a meter on their mic that not only measures the volume levels, but also the excitement levels. So when you get like two thirds into your episode and you have a blood sugar drop, you'll know that you need to get a snack and perk up. I love that idea. And I know Or who- sit up if you're on your sectional couch. <laughs> yep. I was gonna say I know who I buy it for. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, episode number 74. <laughs> oh man. man, we were so close to an anniversary episode. Is it 74? It is 74. Yeah. Confident, baby, confident. Oh, Episode number we are confident. Yeah, it's uh, 75. No, it's 75. It is 75 because 74 was Saga Volume 2 and we're at 75 right now. It's on. Yeah. Why do you even question it? We didn't. We didn't. 75. I mean, <laughs> <that> didn't <happen. laughs> Don't rewind. <laughs> yeah, 75. That's a milestone number. That's an old man. We, we did it. We did it. We're done. Yep. This is the last episode. Except for the one for we're the, recording for the immediately first part after this. of September. Yeah, yep. That's that's what that is. This is the, the last, last one of those podcast episode we're releasing today. <laughs> I just I just slipped into my uh, GCU extended uh, universe voice. Your announcer, Rick. Uh, Rick yeah, well, my Rick my uh, what's his name? Rick. Uh, is it Rick? Nash. Rick on uh, Glow. No, it's <laughs> Rick and Glow. Rick and Glow. Yeah, yeah. my Glow what, Rick. What is, what is his Rick name glow. on Glow? The announcer, like not Nash, <laughs> but it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as I slipped into that voice, it was like he's oddly Rick. You know oddly what, Rick ask. That's an appropriate thing to bring up because this episode we're not going to talk about comic books. We're going to talk about TV. Yeah, but good TV. We are. Glow is good TV. No. No, Glow is it's TV you can't stand to watch. That doesn't make it bad. Okay. It's good if it, you could take out all the cringy stuff that makes it hard for you to watch. Impossible. You know, Holly hates cringy TV, and and she even uh, she even like audibly said, "Glow is good TV." Yeah. Well. No. Oh, I heard her audibly. Yeah, you heard she her. Said you it. heard it. She audibly said it. Oh, here she's coming to the mic. Oh. Glow is good TV. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't get through the first episode. Wait, are we arguing? <laughs> Melanie couldn't get into it. Oh, I I couldn't. I can't watch it. I have to leave. It's the-, it's the same with with what's called The Office. I know the yeah. office is good though. I do know it is good. I can't I can't sit in the room through a whole episode. I have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and granted, there was that one episode where we were like, oh, Holly, Holly was like, oh, but the ending is such a good payoff in Glow Season Two, the super cringy, awkward episode. The wait, the one the one the where they one. basic yeah, where they basically do an yeah. episode of the show itself. Yes. Yeah. 
See, I loved it, but it's so cringy. It's like cringy beyond cringy. But then the payoff at the end, it was like, oh, drama. I need to watch the next episode now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I'm just. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. I didn't. It's disabling to I, me. <laughs> I had you watch the first episode because because I like the show. I think it's a good show. But I knew I was like, this this is going to be hard. This might be too much. Yeah. And And it was. So it's all good. I know. I There's just, better shows. It don't matter. I just. Hey, hey, you know. but it's okay. It's okay. Grolic's podcast universe. Uh, that's not even what we're talking about today. No, we're not. No. We're wow. Not something I can't watch. We're going to talk about Westworld. Yeah, that's good. Oh, <laughs> it is good. It is good. It's very good. Yeah. I need yeah. to mark the calendar for whenever season three comes out, because that seems like a Westworld movie seems ripe for a GCU episode. Is there oh, a movie? Heck yeah. Yeah. You should do a Westworld like and a Waterworld oh. mashup. Westworld West and Waterworld. Water Holly came in from the other room to give me a side eye on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why everybody's so down on Waterworld. I didn't think it was that bad. That's why it's the best mashup. I, I'd be curious to watch West, uh, Waterworld again because, yeah, I didn't think it was horrible yeah, at the time. It's, it's probably closer to reality than any of the other futuristic shows. Yep. Yeah. Because we're all. We're and gonna, Dennis yeah. Hopper, man. I could watch Dennis Hopper. I just remember that the, the change all, oil. I don't know the bad. <laughs> they are the Republicans right there. That's the that's the Republicans. The smokers are the Republicans. <laughs> they were the Republicans. The evil yeah. smokers. Oh god. They're still dependent on oil. Jeez. That's a good point. Yeah. I was watching. Okay, so I know I'm sure we have in house, but let's let's get a little random TV talk here because it's relevant. I've been watching The Crown. Oddly enough. Okay. Oh, with Matt Smith is on that, right? Matt Matt Smith, it's got a doctor. It's it check it's checking my marks here. It's got a doctor. Right. Season three, which is not aired yet. Olivia, what's her name? Ellie from Broadchurch is gonna play the queen in season three. Uh. So I was like, I kinda wanna see that. And also we were watching a YouTube video about the most expensive TV shows of all time. And it is the most expensive TV show ever made. They've actually built a full-scale replica of Buckingham Palace to, for this show, which is insane. Holy cow. I know. that That's craziness. It's, you don't do that unless you plan on being around for a while. Yeah. Kind of like West Wing, you know? It's like, yeah, if you're going to recreate the uh, actual location, mm-hmm. you're, you're planning to be there. And I just finished season one of The Crown, and yeah, it's good. It's, it's surprisingly good. I didn't really expect to get into it. I just kind of threw it on out of curiosity. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. But my point is, one of the episodes has to do with this real event that happened where basically all of they're burning all the coal and all the coal, the the emissions or whatever, all the monoxide or whatever Uh it is that basically it all gets trapped in the city where it's just a coal smog for days. And and now is this a period? This is a period piece show. It is a period piece. It is a period piece. And. A couple of things that I like about it that because I'm not big on period pieces because a lot of times they're kind of dull, especially if it's a, a I mean, no offense, but if it's a British period piece, a lot of times it's like it's, the most British you know, period piece. It's about right, the, yeah. it's about the royal family. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It takes place uh, in for the most part. I, I guess every season's going to be a different decade. One of my issues with like historical dramas or period pieces is a lot of times you can tell it's just like. You're getting an abridged story. They're hitting the big, right. the big historical moments, you know, big events. And sure. while season one, anyway, I can only speak to season one, does that 
every episode kind of like you can kind of tell it's like, oh, yeah, the death of so-and-so or this like national event or whatever. Like you can tell they're hitting the events, but it still feels like one cohesive, smooth plot. And I'd say over the course of this first season, I mean, there's some flashback stuff, but for the most part, the main plot, it takes place over a couple of years, but it doesn't feel disjointed like period or like historical dramas sometimes feel. It still feels cohesive to where for the most part, at the end of every episode, you're kind of like, oh, I kind of, uh, it's got that Netflix thing. It's got that binge worthy stuff where you're like, hey, uh, yeah, I, I want to know yeah. what happens now. I was just going to ask if that's a, that's a Netflix original, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They Oh, and they, I can't, I wish I had the number offhand, but they sunk so much money into that show. Also, Winston Churchill played by John Lithgow and he's amazing. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I could, I could about see it. You know, I mean, I, you know, in my mind, uh, the guy that, that played uh, Churchill for Doctor Who was pretty darn good, but I, you know, like Lithgow's not too, too far removed from that image. The guy that played it, like, Lithgow it's like a skinny version of that guy, you know. It's interesting because Lithgow, and I don't know how much of it, I, I don't know like what kind of padding or prosthesis, or maybe he's just gotten heavy set in his older age, but he they give him the hunchback thing, mm-hmm. the way he holds his face and just his like he doesn't have the total round head like a lot of times they cast Winston Ch- Churchill, but like it, it's it's again, I haven't seen Lithgow in anything for a long time, so he's much older than the last time I recall seeing him. But He's always seemed kind of old, actually. But yeah, yeah. physical transformation, solid. Like, he, he inhabits it. He It looks I, you know, totally I, appropriate. I'm hard-pressed to think of a, of, a, of a Lithgow performance that I didn't at least enjoy, like, or, or was entertained by. Because, like, he's he's had some stinkers, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. But, but he's still entertaining somehow, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he plays Fat Amy's dad in Pitch Perfect 3. So yeah, there's a total like there's a total guilty pleasure admission right there. But like he's he's I mean like that's not a great role for him, but he still plays it entertainingly. Well, I recommend it. I recommend checking out the show like to anybody mm-hmm. if 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 you check out the first episode and like it kind of catches your attention, yeah, I'd say it's worth watching. If not, you know, whatever, I can't fault you. It's a it's a historical drama about about the royal family. But if anything, Check out Lithgow, like look up a Lithgow Winston Churchill video or something on YouTube. It's pretty good. Right. Uh, have you watched West Wing? No, no. Okay. I was, I was just going to ask, is it kind of like a British West Wing? Cause it, it kind of sounds like a British West Wing sort of, except with the time jump, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, West Wing basically followed, was it Martin Sheen's presidency uh, throughout their seasons kind of thing. It's kind of interesting because it's, one thing that makes it unique, and I, I really question how accurate it is, but one thing that makes it unique in terms of like a historical drama is it does pretty well at focusing on the human drama aspect. You kind of get involved in, it's not soap opera level for the most part, but it, you kind of get involved in, I'm assuming, somewhat fictional portrayals of real people and like what's going on with them. And it does get a little bit into, I mean, it obviously has like gets into the political stuff, but it doesn't dive super heavy into it. I was a little worried the first the first episode I was like there's a couple things I was lost on. I'm like I don't know anything about how the royal family operates uh, the queen of England and the head of the church and their their relationship with the the government and all that. So I was a little worried that I just wouldn't pick it pick up on it. But uh 
No, it does pretty well. It does pretty well. I didn't feel lost as it goes along. And you kind of like, it doesn't make a point to be like, well, this is how this works. But you pick things up as it goes. But Netflix is probably a good model for that because they know they have an international audience. Mm -hmm. I uh, That was a big, big sidetrack conversation based on like, what was it? The coal burning coal that's what it was it was the, <laughs> oh, is that, is that what the west there? the yeah. water world smokers are the old <laughs> republicans <laughs> burning coal oh those old republicans stuck on oil and somehow that's dennis, like the, the dennis crown. hopper party dennis hopper and <laughs> queen elizabeth the second hanging out burning coal <laughs> actually i, I guess i want to see that i guess that's be, impossible i, I mean, guess it'd I be know. Winston maybe Churchill. we can uh maybe we can get some ai to uh replicate that based on old footage ai uh, entertainment machine make us that yeah do it we need we alexa can i get uh uh dennis hopper uh queen victoria mashup do, do you have any in-house news all i have is our usual uh Grelk cinematic universe stuff um just real okay. quick last episode if you haven't checked it out you should we talked about seven and hellraiser what's Ooh. in the box what's in the box Ja- you'll you can hear Jasper's fantastic, and I'm so glad he went on this rant. Jasper loses his mind about the uh, the Cinnabite that wear the fat Cinnabite with glass sunglasses. Yes, <laughs> okay, good. But- Butterball is his name. Uh, yeah, he he loses it over that. So I was I was really glad to hear that because I agree with him. Um, I I mean I'm always interested in your opinions, but I am totally waiting to see what Jasper's reactions are to these movies. Oh no, I know me too. Like cuz he's the virgin to both of them, right? Yeah, he hasn't seen he, yeah. yeah, he hasn't seen 7 or Hell he hadn't seen 7 or Hellraiser. And he always pushes me to go for go first, but I'm just like, dude, I I love these movies, okay? I want to hear what you mm-hmm. say about what you think about them. Mm-hmm. Also, highest rated movie we've done on the show so far. One of those wow. two one of those two movies got a perfect score from both of us. That's a big spoiler. Oh. I guess I can guess what oh. it is. Yeah, I I I can I can probably predict that, but uh-huh. you know, like yeah, tune in, tune, tune in, tune in, and then next episode of GCU. So in one week from the day that this episode drops, that you're listening to of Garlic's podcast, we will be discuss. It's going to be action packed episode. I'll finally get oh to boy. talk about Hardcore Henry, which is the whole. Re- I watched Hardcore Henry, and I was like, I have to talk about this movie with somebody. <laughs> right, right. So we're going to do Hardcore Henry and Crank Two High Voltage. Fun. Oh man, to- just over the top Ooh. action. Yeah. Ooh. Was your, your adrenal gland ready for that? No. 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 It's no. Jasper's. <laughs> oh, oh man. It's point break is like 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 a, a day at the the matinee. Mm. It's or, it's like a, a good, day at the like beach. a massage. Uh-huh. It's like a massage and a spa treatment compared to those two movies. After I watched Hardcore Henry, instantly I was like, I need okay, what's 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 the other like most hard like most insane over the top action movie i can think of and i was like the crank movies specifically yeah. crank 2 is just insane yeah i i think those would be a great double feature mm-hmm. yep that's that, what's coming that up is, that is exciting yeah we're gonna have to like keep a defibrillator bust out like a treadmill <laughs> so we could keep our <sighs> the whole keep your episode heart rate up <laughs> yeah 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 like speed but for but for your your personal organs Oh yeah, defibrillate every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we're if, if there's a break in conversation, yep. <laughs> Shot of adrenaline right into the heart. Oh, I should have yeah. bought a taser. Just <laughs> should have bought a taser. That's should've a bumper a sticker. We're gonna get we're gonna get two two mic stands for each. On one the microphone, on the other one taser. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Conversation's not going quick enough. Yep. And that's where that uh, that's where my future prediction comes in because your excitement level will determine whether or not you get tased. Don't yes. tase me, bro. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Jasper, you better be listening. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. All right. What do you got, Jesse? That's all I got for you. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, first of all, I want to shout out Andrew Schmidt. I know you guys uh, already did. Just to make it official, we have a new puppet enthusiast Patreon, and uh, that makes me excited every time because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a puppet enthusiast. So uh, <laughs> we, need, we need more of them. We need more of them, even if they're in name only. Uh, so thank you, Andrew. Thank you uh, for being a listener and for now being a, uh, a sponsor of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday we should have them talk to us and be like, and have a word from our sponsors. And they'll just be like, hey. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like th- that makes me sad because I've been, uh, it's been in my uh, thought process that we need to have Andrew do an interview episode for like probably two years. And I'm at all these cons with him, like literally next door to his booth. And I'm like, hey, uh, we should podcast. And he's like, yeah, we should podcast. And then we get busy because cons are crazy busy. And then it doesn't happen, but it's going to happen. I don't know. Even if I have to show up like two hours early to the con sometime, it's going to happen. Now he's paying us $5 a month. It better happen. <laughs> oh, it better happen. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. It should have happened before. Now it, now it feels, uh, what's the word, gleaned or I don't know. <laughs> the next thing uh, that I have is uh, Mega, most, uh, it's Make Eternia Great Again, which is very clearly a, a play on on the political phrase, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not political at all. They're a He-Man podcast. Uh, their most the most recent podcast as of this recording uh, was about Faker, and Faker was like the Bizarro He-Man. You know, he was like He-Man, but he had like orange hair, and he was blue, and he was a robot, and he basically wore Skeletor's armor kind of thing. But he looks he looks like He-Man in every other respect. So that episode. There is a skit, uh, like kind of is the would be the mid roll, kind of the mid roll skit kind of thing. Is uh, it's like an old school He Man PSA, uh, but it's about a chili cook off, and I feature as the voice of Ram Man. That's a, that's the thing I do now. <laughs> I I am Ram Man apparently. So uh, if you're interested in that, you know, check out Make Eternia Great Again. They are part of the Podcast Arcade Podcast Network which would be what my second or it's tied for second in my favorite podcast networks. You know, obviously mm. uh, EMC is my favorite. And then yeah. uh, tied for second would be uh, the pro wrestling mothership oh, podcast yeah. network. Because I mean, I mean, that's kind of a gimme because they're part of the EMC podcast network, <laughs> but I, I love, I love their work. And then uh, also the podcast arcade, they're kind of, they kind of situate themselves in that same place in my heart, uh, which is, at the very, very top, <laughs> the very top of my heart. So yeah, if you like He-Man stuff and you particularly like uh, Ram Man, uh, I, I get I get to be Ram Man in the latest episode of Make Eternia Great Again. So check it out. Check it out. Nice. Yeah. And Ram Man almost sounds dirty, actually. Uh, my Ram Man actually sounds oddly like my DeGrawlix voice. If you've ever seen the Instagram videos where I'm mm. DeGrawlix, mm-hmm. I'm very much, hey, I'm Ram Man. I'm going to hit this thing with my head again because that's that that is my special skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hit things with my head because I have an armor cap that is 
specifically made that I can hit things really hard with my head. And that's the kind of character that I play. So fun. <laughs> it was pretty fun. So I uh, thank you to those guys for letting me do it and uh, and check it out if you're interested in that kind of thing. Does wait? Does she ever make an appearance on any of these He-Man shows? Who's that? Shira. She hasn't yet on this podcast, but uh, How yeah, they, they, they did. Uh, they did cross up crossover episodes. They did like uh, the Power of the Sword was mm-hmm. kind of a He-Man pilot. It was like a He-Man slash She-Ra pilot, and I think they they used those episodes basically as the first two episodes of She-Ra. Okay, good. Well, so they need to have they need they need to have women. Represented otherwise, you know. Honestly, honestly, if you look back at those episodes, and I love me some He Man, but if you look back at Shira, I think the Shira episodes were maybe a little better produced. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't use the same stuff over and over and over. Like yep. He Man, you'd see him run, you know, and his walk cycle was always the same. Like they just recycled so much animation so they could crank out as many episodes as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas with uh, with Shira, I think. It was less recycling of of cells. Yeah. Like, well, that's she actually got he, better he, animation. He Man, they were like, let's sell some toys, and then Shira, they were like, hey, people actually like this. Let's make a good show. No, they were right. like, let's sell some toys to girls. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> let's a- sell some toys to, to girls, and girls are smarter than boys, so they need a story, mm-hmm. an actual legit story where they doesn't it doesn't just end in punching. There is a Netflix show called The Toys That Made Us. And mm-hmm. I haven't watched the whole thing. I only watched a couple episodes about toys that I was interested in. But sure. the He-Man episode is totally solid. It gets it's into, awesome. Yeah, it gets into all that. Very good episode. So, And it kind of gets into just how crazy those those toys were. Like, this, you know, like, you go in and you're like, what is this? Is this like a caveman barbarian thing? Is it outer space? What's going on with this show? And and you kind of find out that they were just making it up as they go along. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh and yeah. To the point where like two or three guys actually argue over who created He Man. Yep, and that's a great uh, documentary again on Netflix. He was pitching the toys to some guys, and uh, they're like, "Okay, well, but we need something else to you know to to sell this." Oh uh, well, there's a comic oh, book. Yeah, and then, didn't uh, we okay, tell you? Yeah, <laughs> we, didn't we tell you there's a comic book? Oh, there's a comic book. Yeah, but little kids can't read. Oh, there's there's a TV show. There's a cartoon. Didn't we tell you? <laughs> yeah, it's just pull, salesmen pulling crap out of their out of their behinds to like sell these toys, and then they're like, okay, well, we better do this, and it all just, to places like uh, toys. Was it Toys R Us? I that think was like, so. Yeah, but little kids can't read. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all just salesmen like riffing, trying to get these toys sold, and then they're like, okay, well, I guess we better make this, and it all became wildly popular. Yep. It's right. Good. It's pretty good. The last thing that I have, it's not really an EMC podcast thing, but uh, Randy, uh, and I know that Jasper already said it, but but we should say it here too. Congratulations uh, on doing over 100 podcasts oh. about hacking news. Yes, thank yeah. you. Congratulations, Randall. Thank you. Yes, over 100 episodes of the latest, late, God, I say it every day. You think I'd remember. Latest hacking news podcast. Wow, I'm pitching this well. <laughs> <laughs> the latest hacking news.com. Yeah, over 100 episodes. It's a Monday through Friday cybersecurity and hacker news podcast. Uh, they're about five minutes long each episode. The idea it's like a daily brief. You can get it mm-hmm. on Alexa somehow. And uh, yeah, get your get your cyber news wrap up, cybersecurity 
news wrap up every day. You should check it out. But yeah, over a hundred episodes. I think uh, tonight's will be like 106 or something. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or tomorrow's. So. Yeah. And people who listen to this might even like know cyber stuff that, that they could care about that. Mm-hmm. I think if you, you don't have to have extreme knowledge of it, the executive producer, the owner of the show, mm-hmm. I, this is client work. I do it for a client. His goal was for the show to be not just specifically at like professionals, kind of have a wider appeal. So yeah, I try to focus on, and I try not to get too technical, but technical enough for the people who know, know what they're talking about. So yeah. And when you say brief, you mean like episodes are how long? Five minutes long. I usually cover three, three or four news headlines. So three or four news headlines in about five minutes. Yep. Gives me enough time to dive, get like all the good, you know, dive into them a little bit. And yeah. And then you're off and you enjoy your day and tune back in the next day for the next episode. Or if you, if you're scared or something that your your stuff might not be up to par, you could always go to. Late, latesthackingnews.com? Yeah. And if you like the sound of it and you want me to produce a podcast for you to go to podedit.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, podedit.com. Podedit.com. I'm a podcaster by trade. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's weird. It's very strange. Living the dream. Living the dream. It's very unusual doing a show for somebody else. You know, because like Grolix and any other show that I've done up to this point that where I'm a, like a host on it, you know, it's, it's, it's a show that I want. It's about a thing that I like. Mm-hmm. And being a paid host and producer is it's a very different experience, but it's it's enjoyable as well. If I had money, I'd pay you. I'd take your money. I know. Actually, we should do that sometime. You're gonna pay me to make a podcast? No, I'm gonna make a podcast. and I'm gonna pay you to edit it. Oh yeah, I'll. Do that. I told I told you I'd edit your podcast anyway. I want to hear the Melanie show. We've talked about this. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's Entertainment. Not, that's not what it's gonna be called. Though. No, I know. What would it be called? Why aren't you amazed? Why aren't you amazed? That's right. It'll be all about the amazing science things that happen that people need to know about. That that would be a good mm-hmm. show. I know. It'd be fantastic. It, every right. episode would be Melanie telling you about the thing and be like, why aren't you amazed? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly what it will be. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So. Hey, uh, why aren't we amazed about robots? Well, because we're scared of them because they're going to take over and murder us all like in Westworld. (laughs) Yeah. But it's pretty amazing when they do. It is. It's freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So this is exciting. So we're going to talk about Westworld. um, I'm assuming mostly specifically season two, but Jesse, you just recently got into the whole series, right? Well, I watched, uh, I watched season one, Mm -hmm. not too long after it came out. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then season two, uh, came along and and uh, you were you were getting involved in in doing a podcast and I thought oh you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, a binge of season two because you can do like a seven day trial on Amazon Prime uh, of HBO stuff so we did and I was like okay we just got to plan it out and make sure that we've got like the days to go ahead and watch maybe one or two episodes a day because there's was there ten yeah, ten or thirteen so. I mean it's it's around there. And, uh, yeah, so I was like, well, I, I want to be able to tune into this podcast. So whenever we get a chance, I want to be able to watch the show. So we did, we queued into the seven day trial and, uh, we in seven days, literally seven days, like the next day I had to cancel it or else get charged. We watched season two. Awesome. So it's pretty fresh. It's pretty fresh in my mind. 
We watched it um, for the most part as it came out. I think we were a week behind on episodes, but we watched it week to week. Were we a week behind? Yeah. Yeah, because it would it airs on Sunday. Oh, okay. I see and so saying. we'd watch it the next weekend when you come over on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. But but we would watch the one we would watch one and the next one hadn't aired yet when we watched the, the one we watched, but it would air the next yeah. that next day. Yeah. We were yeah. okay, so we were six days behind. Right. And I'm excited because I don't think I don't think we've discussed season two with Jesse at all yet. Mm-mm. Since it's no. so so nope. fresh. I didn't expect it to go where it did decided to go what yeah what were you guys what were your thoughts i don't know i was <laughs> i was confused a little bit here and there uh-huh because of the time jumping more so than i was before i liked the structuring of it this season it's different than the first season the yeah. first season did time jump but i feel like this season they intentionally structured i feel like they intentionally structured it confusingly because mm-hmm. they didn't have that big time jump that they were going to reveal Mm-hmm. from like in they had in season one and they also did it to keep the mystery going throughout the season mm-hmm. right but i think it works and they also came up with a like they tied it into a reason yeah bernard's memory was all jacked up mm-hmm. so right. I, I was on board with it i think a lot of people were not i think i, I don't think a lot of people enjoyed it i think it was too confusing for some people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they kind of turned them off of the season but i was fine with it well, it was confusing, but I wasn't going to stop watching. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's intriguing. I mean, that's the, that confusion is like, oh, oh, will I get more clarity on this bit? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic because then they get to ask, is this real? Is this now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Anyway. Yeah. yeah and is this now? You get that throughout the, uh, the season. And, you know, like as soon as I hear it, I'm like, no, it's totally not now. Yeah, if yeah. they're asking, like, it's like, not. Like you're asking, and and I I remember season one. It's totally not now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, not to say I didn't get confused by the time jump a bit. I did. There's points where I'm like, okay, what? Which Bernard is this? Where? At what point is he doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Well, and then we see. Oh man, that's quite a jump into the future. But I mean, like there is that one point where I'm like, there's two. There's two. There's two going at the same time. I thought for a while there there was two Bernards simultaneously Ooh. doing two different tasks. They, oh man. And they clear that up. But uh-huh. for a minute there I was like I was convinced. I was like, no, this is Bernard one. This is Bernard two. They totally could have. They I mean, showed other Bernards. I was gonna say they had a whole room yeah. full of Bernards. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like later on they do. They show this whole room full of them. And they were like, oh <laughs> that that was the big reveal for some of the characters. And mm. uh yeah. Yeah I was like, oh no, we've had two Bernards for God knows how long. No wonder it's been confusing. And that's on top of that's on top of flashbacks to what we assumed was uh, Arnold. Arnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's on yeah. top of Arnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're like, oh, is this? Yeah, because they they do they do um, mimic what we saw in season one between Dolores and Arnold, which was a great reversal, a great yeah, flip. It was. Yeah. I think like the series itself, we're just going to have to jump around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're just like, listen, listener, if you haven't watched Westworld season two, for one, you should not listen to this. We're just going to jump all over. We've already confused you. Yeah. (laughs) If there's spoilers in there somewhere, and I don't know how to tiptoe around it to avoid spoilers. So we're just going to. We're going to jump around dropping spoiler bombs. So. Yeah. Don't listen. We're going to get up to get get down. Mm-hmm. As I slur that out, <laughs> so 
If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. I, I think the general consensus is that it's good. No, the general consensus is that it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Okay. Okay, so that out of the way. One thing that's interesting is the end of season one, I was like, ooh, you could kind of see where they were going to take it. Mm-hmm. Season two, when we finally get it, where I assume they were going to take it is like the end of season one's like, oh, they're actually going to get to the big like climax. The original Westworld movie, that was the big climax, was the actual like robot massacre. Like th- mm-hmm. they're coming to kill everybody. So that's what it seemed like season one was setting up. Mm-hmm. That's like the one part we don't get in season yeah, two. Yeah, I know. It skips oh, all yeah. around the it, actual it massacre. It totally jumps it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it like you skirt it, like you see some of it, but for the most part, it jumps back and forth all around it. Mm-hmm. But the end of season two, no clue where they're going to go. Like, I no, right. can't, yeah. I just have no idea mm-hmm. how, how they're going to proceed from this point. Right. Well, and then they, they uh, gave us some nods at the end of se- uh, season one that play in heavily to season two, but they don't go into it right away. They make us wait for it. And, and I mean, Shogun world, like they gave us just, just hints of that at the end of season one. And it was like, so we're like, Oh, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And then it happens, but it doesn't happen until we get a reveal of like basically India world. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah, you're right. We hit India world out of nowhere before we ever go to Shogun world. Yeah. Right. At that point, I was getting a little discouraged. I was like, they're not going to do Shogun World. But uh, <laughs> th- but they did. and Oh, it, oh it, they did. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I love everything they did with the with the madam. What's her name? Ma- Ma- Maeve? Maeve, yeah. The majority of it. That was freaking awesome. It's like almost like this is going to be the Matrix. So. Yeah, she <laughs> is. She's Neo in, the West, in Westworld, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, I guess they set that up a bit in season one, but. I thought they were going to end up taking Dolores that way, mm-hmm. and they don't. They they hint at it. Like, she brings some robots back, but only, like, once or twice. But, yeah, Maeve, they make the Neo of the Westworld, and uh, she's awesome. Yeah, her. they give her the most – they gave her the coolest slow motion. Would you say they afford her the most privileges? Oh, <laughs> dude. The scene where – okay, so she's – this is later in the season. She's all jacked up. I don't, who knows what time period oh, this is. Oh, man. But she's <laughs> the, she's uh, all jacked up. and Visual effects on that. Oh, yeah. Well, when she gets out of that and like this, whatever, the security guys are coming with the guns and all the, was it Buffalo or yes. Yes. steers or whatever, bust through oh, the hallway. God. And then she's just walking in slow motion and like. They're taking, they're like gording dudes and taking dudes off the, over the, uh, like just that whole scene. And they're, was so they're not cool. even like completed Buffalo. They're no. like no. three quarters done and the back legs are all robotic and mm-hmm. oh man. That and her like kind of climax in the Shogun world. Where she just ma- makes everyone murder each other. Yeah. And it's just, she's just standing there and there's just blood spray. It's just so awesome. They give her the coolest stuff. Mm-hmm. They really play with her abilities too. Like there's a point where she's like, I can't control, you know, like she can't control them. And it's because, well, for whatever reason, uh, if you didn't use their language, then they can't hear your commands. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like before she totally unlocks everything, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Cause, and it's, I, that's why they had us go to Shogun world, I think so that she could realize that ability. Yeah. And therefore talk to the native American people. Mm-hmm. That, that whole thing was weird too, where he's talking to her as oh, a little girl, that. but it's she's the episode. little girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a great episode. Surprising, like out of okay, so we're gonna talk about the one. Basically, it's 
it ties into the larger plot, but it's kind of a one-off episode where we mm-hmm. get the story of that um, Native American guy. I wish I don't of have the, yeah the him. ghost tribe or whatever. Yeah, and the whole episode is the, his story where he's been basically he because he hadn't died. He'd been out in the park for decades and never he's been. one of the oldest uh-huh. hosts in the park. Mm-hmm. And that whole story came out of nowhere. And I thought it was oh, awesome. Oh, I love that episode. I think a lot of people kind of consider that one of the standout episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it was good. It was, yeah, it was awesome. It's like, I didn't know I wanted this guy's backstory, but I do. It's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> right. Speaking of other awesomes, I know we're just hit. I'm just, man, we're I'm just, just, I'm just hit the around. cool stuff. We're jumping so hard. We're, we're jumping we're, higher than Mario. We're Westworld in this. Well, it's not. It's. I don't think it's possible to just straight go across no, it. You know, no, they you don't. Can't. We can't. <laughs> right. Dolores's soldiers, mm-hmm. the creepy ones with the masks. Yeah. Oh man. Where did? Okay, I thought those were the the like because she comes across one group and they just massacre them, and then I I thought she brought a bunch of them back because she does that at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't use that ability very much in this no. season. No. Well, but she, because she comes, she turns so evil. Like, yeah. She's like, you don't deserve to be there or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. She just she, she goes way darker than I expected. And the stuff she does to what's his butt? Oh. I can't remember his name, but that you know her male companion guy. Mm-hmm. Teddy. The stuff. The, Teddy. Teddy. The stuff she does to Teddy oh, man. is messed up. What, but at the end of with him, that was the, like the best stuff yeah. right there when he's like he's like i know i've, I've seen where, where, where what you want us to become and i can't go there or whatever you know uh-huh yeah oh, that episode is that episode is super heavy yeah it is teddy's last episode mm-hmm. yeah she goes super dark mm-hmm. and i mean she's still awesome but first season like you get behind her because you're like oh she's gonna be the leader of like the robot revolution yeah. You're right. But then she is becoming the leader of the robot revolution, and you're like, oh, that's that's not really a good thing. Yeah, that's it's not like anti Planet of the Apes, you know, like how Planet of the Apes, you kind of get behind the apes because the humans are such awful people. And the humans are awful, don't get me wrong, but like she goes so dark that you're like, ah, I want to root for you, but you're bad. Because she's not, it's not even that she's like anti people. Uh, yay, her people. She's like, no, we're all gonna die. <laughs> Basically, is is kind of the yeah. way that it seems. That she it, wants d- it to she go. does kind of take it that way. The juxtaposition between her and Maeve are interesting because they're both kind of they're both set up to be the leaders of this robot resistance or whatever revolt. But Maeve is on a more personal mission. Obviously, the the difference I that I I think and the reason that people can get behind Maeve is because Maeve is I want. Us to be free from the humans to be us. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's her name? Dolores. Dolores is like, I want us to be free from the humans so that we can be the new humans. Yeah. And that's not the same thing at all. Yeah. And it's not even going to be all of us. It's going to be the ones that I decide. Yeah. And I'm all for them being able to be themselves without us interfering. But. And Maeve can be, Maeve can be brutal and cold, mm-hmm. but she's still like the writer gets kind of a character arc and kind of gets her respect. Mm-hmm. So she's not just like she can be brutal, but she can also like she has emotion to her. She can. She's inspiring. Yeah. And and she empathize. She can empathize with other people. Mm-hmm. And not that Dolores doesn't have emotion because she does, but she just could turn it all off. She mm-hmm. just can be brutal. And, and that's a big that's the big point behind the whole Teddy plot. Not just that, but OK. The, one, of, one of the big things for me, they made the people who made Westworld. 
which one of them I can't remember. I think it was the not Arnold, the other guy. Ford made Ford made an afterlife for them that they could have if they wanted. Oh yeah, yeah. And and what's your boat was like? Maeve was like, yeah, let's let's get the people there and they'll be safe and then they can be forever happy. And Dolores was like, no, that's fake. We're not having that. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you just allow that for them? Because that's what they want. Let them have it. Let them be happy there. That's so interesting because, yeah, like I get it. Yeah, they if that's what they want, they should be able to do that and they'll be relatively safe. And it's also kind of like so long as the machine stays up, eternal life. Mm-hmm. And Dolores's whole point is, yeah, for one, that's fake. And for two, nothing's real unless it there's consequences, unless it's, you know, temporary. Mm-hmm. If they actually have a threat where if they die, they're done, then it becomes real for her. And I, but I kind of understand her point too. Not like, not the, not the death aspect, but the, well, that's fake. Like I, I kind of get her point there. Mm-hmm. You don't destroy it. Exactly. And, and at that right. point, everybody's all in, in there. there. Yeah. That was my, I mean, I was going, I'm like, my opinion of her was going down the whole time. But when she, when that was her decision, like I'm going to destroy their afterlife because it's not real. It's not. So what? Who gives a crap if it's real or not? They, that's what they wanted. Let them freaking have it. It doesn't disturb you in any way. Right. But that's when I started disliking her, maybe, which is really far into it for me to start disliking her. But that was her mantra, too, is like, we don't all deserve to make it. I was like, ooh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, something I didn't even consider. There's a lot of potential to dig into religious themes there. Oh, yeah. I don't know why uh, I didn't contemplate it before, but no, no. hearing you say it now, yeah. That, how could there not be with the one guy, the, 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 the prototype for the reason they were doing the whole thing anyway, to make – Robots that have the human's soul basically in them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. W- let's talk about that one guy then. With the is it William's uh, father-in-law? Yeah, yes. Where they're oh, that's yeah. that's one of the phrases from this season. Every season they have like these great little phrases. Mm-hmm. That's one of the phrases from where it's one of those phrases where they like it comes up and then later it comes up again and you're like, oh snap! It's the first season <laughs> for fi- for fidelity. That's it for this season. It's, yeah. you know, we're, you know, checking for fidelity and the first season, it was, that doesn't look like anything to me, you know, where yeah. you hear it, or but then you hear it later delights. in a different context. Yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this one, this season, it was definitely, there was a few, but it was definitely the fidelity one. Mm-hmm. But that whole thing where the guy is, you know, and you see young William and old William there. So you get an idea of a, crazy passage of time and i don't remember how many iterations they said they tried but oh my god yeah but then they like just end up like what they leave him in there in the last yeah one? yeah <laughs> until we find him later and he's totally crazy and you mm-hmm. he he makes mention to something and you have no context for it until you get the flashback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when she's basically facing what's his name was it logan he basically takes on the personage of of Logan, and he is uh, the library of all the people that have ever. Oh, okay. You know that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. He was William's like, buddy, I guess brother-in-law in the first season. Yeah, because the father-in-law is like, I mean, he's he's breaking down, but he's he's using these phrases that mean uh, everything to that original person, you know. But we don't know what it means, and then we come to find out what it means later. See, and that's the thing where I could get some complaints about the show and the season to where it seems like it's not lazy screenwriting, but it seems like a trick where they're like in, intentionally withholding information. And generally, that's something I hate when when they do. But mm-hmm. they 
they handle it so well. And I think it adds a lot to the experience in this that I'm fine with it, where they intentionally present things out of order or in a way to keep the mystery going. Sometimes that doesn't work, but I think in Westworld, I think it works fine. I like, I like it. They gave us a lot more peaks outside the park in uh, yeah. this season two. Just a peak, you know, like here and there. Basically uh, like a pitching, pitching Westworld to what's his name. That was fantastic. Right. And we were like guessing. It was like, oh, no, she's a host. She's a host. And then we're like, I don't know. I think everyone's a host. And well, maybe she's the only one that's not a host. Nope. They're all hosts. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there were a couple of them that we knew were already because we had seen them in in the mm-hmm. in Westworld, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I really didn't expect it to be everybody mm-hmm. because mm, some of those people were not that attractive, and I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, they, you got to throw you can't have them all attractive people in there. You got to throw them off. Yeah, but that's I mean, for a pitch, that's a lot of work for a pitch. Come on, but it was an amazing one, and who's going to say no to that? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah when your pitch guarantees a sale, you could pour a lot into it it's such an ensemble cast you know like yeah i'm like where where do you go because we could talk a lot more about uh shogun world and and the fact that basically like they really tie into the idea that the writer was being lazy i love yeah. that i love it's that the same the, plot the characters. It, same characters same plot yeah. lines just different setting mm-hmm. yeah and well, that makes sense though the interesting dynamic between the mirror characters mm-hmm. like the two the two dragon tattoo ladies mm-hmm. th- kind of seem to get along but yeah. the two like gang leaders do not they're just mm-hmm. eyeballing each other well because they they were they're the type that would be suspicious exactly so oh yeah actually didn't the well, two dragon ladies like kind of get it on yeah oh well i don't yeah well, they, they liked each other i think like they really stared, liked each other <laughs> stared at each other quite a bit yeah oh maybe <laughs> and i mean then, i don't know but i thought they were of that you know the swordsman uh was named Musashi, so the whole time I'm like, is is he an is he a historical archetype? Like like is he or is he just like a fictional Musashi? And then uh, later on he busts out double swords, and I'm like, he's Musashi. <laughs> oh, nice. He's Miyamoto. Maybe. Nice. I don't know. Doesn't even matter. He busted out two sh- two swords. But well, yeah. But you know they you know it does. Like oh yeah, in there. Yeah, That's you're great. not gonna throw that name around and not one thing. That I was not entirely certain what the point was. So obviously the like putting people into robots isn't working. Yeah. They can't figure it out. But I don't really understand entirely why Ford put himself in with uh, Bernard. Bernard. I mean, just it could just kind of just seem to make him a little bit crazy. Well, it, I, I it led him to so he could lead Bernard to where he wanted Bernard to go. I think it was Ford not being able to let go, you know, like he plugged himself into the cradle, which is basically like, I don't know, like a backup drive and Mm -hmm. uh, they could exist longer there than in a robot for some reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got that. Well, there was something about Bernard that it would work where he could stay in Bernard. But I I think the point was he had, because he needed Bernard to do things. He wanted Bernard to basically go unlock Maeve's potential and some other stuff mm-hmm. that led towards the end of the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he erased him or something. But he didn't really? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't understand. I don't understand that whole thing. Um, Bernard Ford. kind of oh, like, oh, manuf- remember Bernard kind of manufactured him as a, I, I don't know, almost like a, like a guide. I don't know. No, you're so right. Was he really ever there then? Um, I mean, 
they kind of they kind of said that yeah he was until he actually deleted him but yeah beyond that no okay and what's her name Ellie Elsie who oh who, yeah, yeah okay who accompanies uh, Bernard through a big chunk of the season mm-hmm. gets killed again yeah for real <laughs> this time yeah it definitely seems for real this time of course you know mm-hmm. who knows yeah she'll be back she's probably, she's probably a robot <laughs> she yeah. was a host <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like I like that that was the when wasn't that the moment he's like oh no I made the wrong choice yeah I think so yeah, yeah. there are a lot of characters in this because mm-hmm. we get new characters mm-hmm. we get the one chick who um, hangs out with Thor <laughs> what's her oh uh, what's her name yeah the Valkyrie I don't know what her name is in this show or her actual I, name I did know it but um, it's not coming to my mind I want to say hand or hall or something like that we get her and that's not there's a big twist with her that's not. I thought it was good. I think it's possible to see it coming, but they don't, you know, really tip their hand toward. Till, I I didn't see it coming at all. I don't think they tip their hand toward till way late, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I liked it. I thought that was good. Charlotte Hale. Hale. I, yeah, I like her. She, she's good. Mm-hmm. Also, the now that leads us to having, jumping way to the end of the season, two Dolores's. Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of like, oh, so is that one actress going to be gone? Because I liked her too. She's she's Dolores, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Even though they're robot consciousnesses, but but no, she's back again, and also in the one chick's body. So yeah, how does that work? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In those final scenes, oh, man. Yeah, spoilers here. As it, as if we weren't spoiling the whole thing, but uh, yeah, what what does it mean? Because we see Evan Rachel Wood, and we see like not very long later we see tessa thompson so we see mm-hmm. both charlotte and uh dolores's bodies and With dolores, maybe they're mm-hmm. both the same both <laughs> inhabited knows? by dolores it seems yeah mm-hmm. yeah so who's a robot right well and then you know like we mentioned they haven't really cracked the code on uh on people being robots mm-hmm. but maybe they have when we think about the after 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 scene What's the after, after, after scene? When we have Ed Harris and the man in black and we get to find out about his, uh, is that fidel- where he, his fidelity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that where we have the, I mean, yeah, we're, we're the whole time. We basically are pretty sure that Ed Harris is at least William in this thing. But yeah. at mm-hmm. some point, you know, well, basically at the very end, it becomes questionable. Like, has he ever been William? Like, we don't know if Ed Harris has ever been William or if he's just been a host. I love what they, it's so like, it's so brutal and dark, but I love what they do with his character and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it like, they push him to the point where he's like digging around in his arm because uh-huh. he doesn't yeah. know if he's even real, mm-hmm. which ties into then the after, after, after scene. Does he have the line? I'm in the thing, aren't I? <laughs> I think, is, I think, I he think is. it's him, yeah. which is so good. At I'm, I'm just, I'm in the thing, aren't I? And it seems like they go like almost inception level in terms of like going inside this. What did you call it? Oh, the cradle. Yeah. The matrix, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's the cradle and then there's whatever the, the other store. It was at the valley. There's the yeah. cradle and the valley. The cradle is basically the backup for their personalities. And that's where we find Ford. He's been implanted into there. And he, that's what, what he used to basically set off the revolution. But then there's the valley where all the the people that have ever visited the uh, park, where their their data is stored. 
okay, yeah, that's right. Because that's the big, that's kind of the big reveal of this season. Like the big, what's the motivation behind the, the corporation itself is mm-hmm. they're basically super Facebook. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. They're, they're freaking yeah, Facebook. Yeah, for real. They, they made it totally relevant to what's happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, snap. Topical. Yeah, they're just, they're collecting, <laughs> collecting everybody's analytics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they're collecting like to that next level. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, we could basically clone you if we could figure it out. Exactly. Well, what was the librarian talking about? Part of the issue they were having is they were overcomplicating people. Yeah. And they actually had to like scale, like boil it down to like people are extremely simple. Mm-hmm. And that's once we figured that out, we could basically make copies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love and that that's idea. Where, that's where mm-hmm. the man in black, it's like, okay, I think they cracked the code at that point. Like, like obviously they hadn't figured it out for his father-in-law, but by the time we see the man in black, we've basically used this technology to put him in hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he can ha- experience the same thing on a loop, preacher style. Yeah. 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 Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The season was really good. I was not disappointed. I'm trying to think of criticisms. If anything, like we don't get a, a lot of glimpse to the outside world. We don't really see in the city or anything, but we see the city. It just, it kind of just looks like Earth City. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe I'm a slightly disappointed in that, but mm-hmm. then again, who knows? I guess if I have criticisms, it's the dangling plot threads and I don't really, I don't really feel like I'm criticizing that because I don't feel like they're dangling. I feel like Mm -hmm. they just haven't been connected yet because that's what Mm -hmm. this show does is it leaves you these, what seem like dangling plot threads and then nope, they're not dangling. They're, they're headed somewhere. And uh, the two that really stick out to me that moment where they find basically a pool or like a like a pond or I, I don't know what the technical term for it is, but it's basically like a bay. Basically hosts just floating in the in the water. It's oh. either hosts or people, and they're all just floating in the water and, and Bernard's like, I killed them. No, I yeah. Killed that- them all. And we don't we never see that. Like, did he kill them no, all? That's or? that's one of my favorite moments because they set that up like first episode, second episode, and they leave it hang till like the last episode. Those are the bodies from the people that ran into the portal into the. Okay, that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. But they fell I didn't off the know cliff. If they yeah. really solidified that as yeah, that's what actually happened. Okay, that's what I thought mm-hmm. happened, but I wasn't sure. And then uh, what's his name? Skarsgård, basically. Uh, the the bald guy. The I don't know if they really needed an arc for that guy, or if they needed an arc for those people at all. They're basically just cleanup crew. But mm-hmm. I also feel like oh, okay. they didn't give us a whole lot with that crew or him in particular. Like what what does he have to do with it aside from being a stooge that comes in to clean things up? Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a known actor, so like he's yeah. gonna have a part. But he didn't. He felt like he had a big part, but he didn't feel like he had a big part. And that's probably not over. Well, no, no when they're about to go have wartime now. It depends on what happens, how they follow this season up. Depends on season three. Because there is like those, like there are a lot of various things that it sets up or little threads, dangling threads that if they fail to execute on season three would retroactively make season two sloppy. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't think they're going to. So right. I don't. I, I, in the long run, I don't feel like season two will feel will will seem sloppy. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I could see that because it does feel kind of all over the place, but it does pretty well. It like even the stuff. I mean, even if it doesn't answer everything, it still ties everything together fairly well. Mm-hmm. I think right. if you went through and watched it, I haven't watched it a second time, but I feel like if you went through and watched it a second time, it It'll would feel more, more cohesive. Yeah. yeah. I think we should watch all all of it a second time. Yeah, I really, I really want to go back and watch season one again now. Uh, Carl Strand is the character that uh, Gustav Skarsgård plays. And uh, I only know him as Floki from the the... History Channel's uh, Viking series, and he plays Floki. I'd be like, he's crazy. So it's a total, total different role for him, and he acts the crap out of both of them. So, so I'm not sure the status of debugging with debugging Westworld, the podcast. Um, yeah, I was doing with Dustin. I'm not sure what the status on that is. I know he's, I know he's a busy dude. But that was one of the things that I was most excited for was to rewatch the whole series. Mm-hmm. And I got as far as to rewatching the first two episodes of the first season. And yeah, like even just those two episodes, it's very interesting rewatching them with all the knowledge that mm-hmm. I have now. Yeah. There's some things that play a bit different. And I'm assuming as season one goes, there's a lot of stuff that'll play out quite a bit different. I want to watch the Ghost Nation with like much more. You know, I'm like, I want to watch those guys closely now because I'm like, right? What? Uh, yeah, exactly. Is it is it obvious? Because they play into season one, you know, but mm-hmm. is it obvious that they're awake? Because he's awake mm-hmm. the whole time, you know? He seems like one of the very, he seems like the first one, kind of. Well, I think yeah. he is. He may be the first one to wake up far, beyond, far before Dolores even. Mm-hmm. Or at least she might have woken up, but then... They reset they, like, her reset because her. Yeah. she yeah. dies all the time. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. I really liked his storyline. How weird like it this, would be mm-hmm. as a be gamer. As a gamer, uh-huh. it's like the story of that NPC that never really gets involved in the main quest. So he never dies. So he's been there the longest kind of thing. And he's like aware enough to like know when things are changed. Like, oh, they patched this. Why are these different people now? Yeah. Yeah. They, he's just oh, man. Out. They totally nerfed this level. What? And then he just goes off and he's doing his own thing for a long time, investigating stuff. He's completely off story for who knows how long. It's interesting that that not only do they like reset people and have them doing different things, playing different characters, but then they'll completely replace them, which was a whole other thing for him, you know? Oh, yeah. Different robots. Oh, and he found the one lady in cold storage. Mm -hmm. Cold storage, yeah. Which is a bit of a stretch of how, like, that he managed to get there and get out without being seen. But, woo. Some, yeah. But it was such a creepy, like, even that whole sequence is like, yeah, so, yeah, he was able to do that, you know, like kind of eye rolly, but not really at the same time. The way it's shot, I don't even care that it's unlikely that he got down there. It's just like, oh my God, this is heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. And the emotional impact of it and the horror of it, like, yeah. it, it works. Like, you can, it's one of those things, it's suspension of whatever, suspension yeah. of disbelief. Yeah. You can totally overlook it because, the end result is way more impactful than whatever nitpick you might have about, did he really get down there and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, no, it was awesome. That's my review of the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Both seasons, awesome. the whole series yeah. so far. So far. Yeah. Yeah. It just continues to be like, it's still so much more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Even knowing what it is now, they managed to surprise. Westworld was not the movie. I mean, was not it not anything like any of this in my opinion. No, Westworld the movie was I mean I guess you'd call it a, it was a sci-fi horror flick. It was a, a well, you could 
the, this is still technically like sci-fi horror thing, but mm-hmm. it was essentially a slasher movie in a way. It's mm-hmm. machine. It's technology gone wrong, mm-hmm. and then it boils down to the man in black is a robot who's gone bad, and he's chasing our uh, protagonist down. Mm-hmm. And the robots have gone crazy. They're killing him. It's a you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And <laughs> so they waited until season two to reveal that the man in black is actually a robot. Yeah, the end of season two. Yeah. Which even changes my interpretation of that because I love the idea that they in, they flipped that in the first season. They're like, the man in black, he's a bad dude, but he's a human. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the man in black to the robots. But then this season, it's like, well, maybe not. Maybe he's not that, although he is a <laughs> psychopath. But yeah. if he doesn't know what he is, does that change it? Like if he spends the whole time thinking that he's human. I think the interesting thing is like it's kind of getting to the point where – especially towards the end of the second season where it's like, is the one security guy a robot? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's getting to the point where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Consciousness like it, is consciousness. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. It might even be the biggest, the, like the overarching theme of the entire show is like, does it matter? Mm-hmm. Right. It, you know? So I think that's, that's yeah. That's going to get to. Was there a part with the, the um, son of Arnold or am I crazy? That played more into season one, but they did like drop lots of reminders in season two. Oh, and even at even the recall. very, very end, he picks up the photo of uh, Arnold or not Arnold's son or was it Arnold's son or the manufactured It'd be son Bernard. Bernard. Son. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I thought Bernard was Arnold. Well, sort of. <laughs> not kind of. I mean, he's modeled on Arnold, right. but he's yeah. I, c- I can't Arnold. remember if if because that's how they made him totally work. manufactured, or if he steals basically parts of Arnold's backstory. Right. Well, I think that's how they made him work, though. Is that they had to change him? I mean, at which point, like, did they actually carry like continue Arnold on if they had to change him to where he's a different person? Like, that's mm-hmm. not really Arnold, and so it's not really the same thing. I don't know. Okay. Good yeah. question. Right. It's more things for them to play with. I just felt like maybe it's my brain. Some point where they had Arnold's son like be born from the like robot goo. No, I don't. I don't know anything about that. Okay. I don't recall anything like that. Okay, good. I mean, maybe, but I don't. Recall. I, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I made it up in my head. Maybe. Maybe you're writing the story before they even get to it. Could be. <laughs> he shows up in the real world. Ooh, what if? What if Bernard's son is a real person? That they yeah. just used, like he's he, you know, like the uh, the Westworld version of that fake family in the photograph. That's actually an actor that actually exists somewhere, and Bernard's going to run into his kid. But it's oh not yeah, actually his I kid. Like it's just like the that. actor that played his kid. Yeah. <sighs> what if his kid is Arnold? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mind blown. Yep. Or it's Maeve's dad. Maybe. Or maybe. Oh, wait, Maeve wouldn't have a dad, though. <laughs> <laughs> and all the robots are where? They got beamed somewhere. Like like uh, after afterlife robots. So how much did that, how much of that got destroyed? What? She, she was, uh, was it? She? She, was, she was destroying them, but didn't he last second, like, redirect where it was beamed? Yeah, that's what it was. So he they're did. somewhere, but I don't, but we don't know where. You're right. They're bouncing right. around the universe. Yeah, she was wholesale genociding. Yeah, she was all of them. Oh, uh, and then real quick, because talking about Bernard made uh, me remember. First off, that guy's uh, that guy's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. I like oh, him. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. But also, I want to note oh, what is his name? Teddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Marsden. Mm-hmm. James Marsden. 
Cyclops. Other than the fact that it, I, it looks like he had work done. Uh, Possibly. The actor, it looks like he had work done. His face looked different this season. But anyway, he did great because his switch between oh, this Teddy is his best acting and I've evil ever Teddy, seen. Yeah. quote unquote evil Teddy, two different people. Like, mm-hmm. which is you know Bernard's done where you see stuff with Arnold. He just carries himself so different. Mm-hmm. But Teddy got to do that this season, and I thought it was super effective. He just carries himself like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Dolores has done that too, but oh yeah, yeah really good. I mean, we've seen we've seen James Marsden in some pretty pretty big roles, you know, throughout his career. But like, I gotta say, this is the first time where I'm like, holy cow, this this guy can legit act because in the past he's been given pretty wooden characters like uh, Cyclops, who just you know he just toes the company line, and mm-hmm. uh, what that one guy that was basically Lois Lane's love interest in Superman Returns. I mean, basically a throwaway character. Dude, he always uh, gets to be like somebody's uh, boyfriend that they really don't love. Isn't that like always who he yeah. plays? <laughs> yeah, it seems like. It seems like, yeah. yeah. Like he's a nice but guy. But in this but... one, at least it was like he he gets some agency as an actor yeah. and as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> his character finally gets to have uh, a say in his own fate. That's kind of his big plot, his big character arc was getting that agency. Right. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do he tried to do the faithful b- boyfriend thing. And fought against it to even after where she changed him, like mm-hmm. rewrote him, he still was like, no, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this show sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't watch this show. It's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like, it's one of those shows where I'll hear people t- – I hear people say, like, they can't get into it or they don't like it or they'll, you know, kind of poke at it. And I'm like, I- I'm not as – I'm not – okay. Dustin <laughs> – Dustin Smothers has very strong opinions about that. He yeah. kind of falls into the like, if you don't get it, well, you're just dumb. Like he's not rude. He's not as rude as that. Sure. But his this thinking falls into that line. And I'm not going to be that harsh, but I just can't understand not enjoying the show. Yeah. I can yeah. understand being confused by it. Mm-hmm. But if you just stick with it long enough. And also I like a show that makes me question things. But no, I mean, like it's written very smartly. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, you're gonna have to be ready to go. You're you're gonna have to be ready to go places emotionally, intellectually. Uh, you know, it, it's it's gonna make you question some things politically, uh, sociopolitically, uh, even religiously. You like it makes you ask yourself some hard questions. And so maybe it's not for the meek. Yeah. Yep. Jesse just said socially, politi- social, politically guarantees a big chunk of the audience is like not nah, yeah they were no. like no nope not watching that nah. somebody just somebody said it social political he, stuff that you, you you know you just abbreviated socialism for me that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no social like political I, is that's just socialism period i'll agree with people that like the the things that i hear people complain about i agree are there it's confusing that's the main thing that but doesn't I, make it a bad thing that does not knock it out for me because yeah, it always it always comes through with a reason. Like it's not just confusing for confusing sake. Mm. Right. It's doing something. I think in the end it's gonna be like, Are we a hologram? And then it's gonna say, Yes, we are, and this is why. And then we're all gonna be like, Oh. Oh. That's gonna be the end. It's it's series like this that I think really put HBO back on the map. You know, I mean mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is in the same boat, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
it's this level of production, it's this level of care to a television series, you know, of episodes, episodic uh, storytelling that has HBO still on kind of another level of oh, yeah. TV storytelling. Uh, for sure. And I'm so glad it's done well because mm-hmm. that's the risk with smart TV is, you know, because it is, it's, it's a smart TV show. And that doesn't always land with audiences. And I'm so glad it's done well because they were banking on this hard. They poured so much money into those for, into that first season mm-hmm. because they knew Game of Thrones was coming to an end. They needed something. And sure. I'm glad that this has actually panned out for them. And I think season two was potentially also a risk. The first season was wildly popular. And if if season two fell flat, that could kill a show, I think. And to be fair, HBO has not always landed the second season. True Detective is uh, Ooh, yeah. a good example of that. Let's talk about bombing. Yeah, first season right. was wildly popular. Second season. I didn't yeah. see it, but. I tr- I, start- I watched a few episodes at one point and then fell off. I was like, I just well, don't care. Because there's no Michael Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's a risk. That's a risk. And like recasting and doing it, doing that kind of thing, like that can work. It's just where they went with the second season. I didn't, the characters weren't compelling. Michael right. McConaughey was compelling. Bacon- we're all we're, we're torturing his name, man. Michael McConaughey. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Michael. Woody's partner. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew. You know, Woody's partner. L- leather guy. Mm. That doesn't sound right either. All right, all right, all right. You don't even have to say his name. Just say yeah. that and everyone yeah. knows who you're talking yeah. about. Be, like, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I drive a, wait, what is that car? Mm. Just commercials he did. Do you know he has an obsession with brushing his teeth? A Lincoln. Oh, I drive a Lincoln. That's a safe car. And I stare at bowls. He brushes his teeth for 45 <laughs> minutes every time. And he does it like three times a day. He brushes his teeth for 45 minutes three times a day? Yes. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you see My teeth, teeth get younger and I stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I like he doesn't, no part of him ages. It's just his teeth no, get younger. No. Mm-hmm. My baby teeth just fell in. It's <laughs> great. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's real that's weird. Real weird. Uh, we took it a dark is. turn. All right. Well, that's all I got for Westworld talk, man. Until Dustin gets a hold of me, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There could always be more. I, this, but this is where we should Im- uh, like we should plug in a pimp for that show. But <laughs> I, okay, so someday I'm assuming it's still coming. I don't know when yeah. it's happening. We've recorded one episode debugging Westworld. It'll be on the Pro Wrestling Mothership Network. And uh, EMC, uh, by extension. We recorded one episode covering the first episode of Westworld. First season, first episode. Uh, I'm assuming the series will continue on. I don't know when. But I can tell you this. From just that first episode, like as much as we discussed season two this episode, we can go as long, if not longer, on each episode easily. Each episode gives you something to to discuss and dissect so it's so meaty it, it is meaty it, it's like a big old roast beef sandwich yeah you don't like roast beef sandwiches that's I why i brought it up okay no <laughs> i was trying to get more of a reaction from you but that's okay I, I well i was i was thinking of the gristle and the disgust of it and that's why i had that look on my face <laughs> all right no letters but hey if you want to send in a letter here's a here's a promo here's a clip to tell you how here here it is it's the re- it is. it's the, it's the real future <laughs> i love that bit <laughs> the future. it's the real future coming out in 
2003. Two. Two. Summer of 2002. Just go with it. It's work with me here. It's not, it's not weird. Whoa, whoa. Who turned out the lights? Where did I end up now? This stupid time traveling blinkatron, I swear. There's a blinkatron. It's just going. It's okay. Oh, crap. Shh, shh. Just stay asleep. Okay. All right, well, right place, wrong time. Uh, This is fine. This is fine. I'll just leave him a note. There has to be some paper around here somewhere. Man, it's dark. Where's where's some paper? What's this? Puppets. Pokemon. Here we go. Paper. Jesse, this is Randy. From in the future! There's there's important donuts. There's just... Why... Why would they do that? Stupid. Jesse, this is Randy. From in the future. Just leaving this note to remind you to let listeners know how they can send us their feedback for the letters page segment. Be sure to tell them they can send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. And we'll read it on the show. If they'd like to hear their voice on the show, they can send us a voice recording or do it the old-fashioned way. Pick up a phone and leave us a voice message. The phone number to do that is 559-426-6427. That's 559-426-6427. Or an easier way to remember it is 559-4-COMICS. Tell them to try to keep it under two minutes. And remember, we do a clean language show. Regardless what the YouTube algorithm says. Thanks. Alright, now just to leave this on his nightstand. And with that taken care of, I can try to get back to episode 100. There's too much exhaust. Wait a minute. It occurs to me I have a unique opportunity here. Hmm. That just might be too much magnificent manly beard for one podcast. There can only be one. This is Randy. Doesn't look like Grolix to me. This is Jesse. Programs say to kill, to disassemble, to make Grolix. Number five cannot. This is Melanie, and it's not the years, honey. It's the Grolix. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Growlix Podcast, visit GrowlixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Growlix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. French fries will continue to be French fries unless they're made out of rich people. Then they will truly be freedom fries. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) (laughs) This is Melanie. They're still hot. Oh, sorry. sorry, Go ahead. (laughs) Go, go. He just said they're hot. Oh, they are hot. Like Paris Hilton hot? Like hot. No, like they're like they're still burning. Oh. Oh. Like Rome is like Rome is still burning. (laughs) 